but rich he was in holy thought and work. He was also a learned man, a clerk, that Christ's own gospel truthfully would preach. His parishioners devoutly would he teach, benign he was and wonder-diligent, and in adversity always patient, and in that he'd been tested many times. Full loath was he to curse to get his tithes. Uh, Cursing was the word for excommunicating someone for not paying up the tenth of their income to the church, which was a tithe. Full loath was he to curse to get his tithes, but rather he would give, without a doubt, to all his poor parishioners about, both from the offerings in church and his own money. He could in small things find sufficiency. Wide was his parish, with houses far asunder. Yet he neglected not for rain nor thunder, in sickness nor misfortune, for to call upon the furthest in his parish, great or small, upon his feet, and in his hand a staff. This noble example to his sheep he gave, that first he wrought and afterward he taught. Out of the gospel those few words he caught, and this motto he would also add thereto, that if gold rust, then what shall iron do? For if a priest be foul in whom we trust, no wonder an unlearned man will rust. And shame it is, if only priests to keep a shitten shepherd and a cleanly sheep. A priest should rather an example give by his own cleanness how his sheep should live. He put not his living out to hire to leave his sheep encumbered in the mire and run to London to St. Paul's instead to make more money singing for the dead or find some safe position with a guild, but dwelt at home and looked after his fold so that the wolf should not make it miscarry. He was a shepherd and not a mercenary. Archbishop Arundel, I hope your ears are burning. And though he holy was and virtuous, he was not to the sinful dispiteous, nor in his speech too haughty or too fine, but in his teaching courteous and benign, to draw folk up to heaven by kindness, by good example, this was his business. And yet if anyone were obstinate, whether they were of high or low estate, he would rebuke them sharply at the time. A better priest I vow you couldn't find. He waited after no pomp or reverence, nor let himself hide in a spiced conscience, but Christ's own law and his apostles' twelve he taught. But first he followed it himself. Ploughman With him there was a ploughman, was his brother, who'd laid up many a load of dung together. An honest worker and a good was he, living in peace and perfect charity. God loved he best with all of his whole heart, at all times, though he lamed or hurt, and then his neighbour as he loved himself. He would thresh and also ditch and delve for Christ's own sake, for anybody poor, and ask for nothing if it lay in his power. His tithes he paid in full and heartily, both from his earnings and his property. In a smock he rode upon a mare. There was also a reeve and a miller, a summoner and a pardoner as well, a manciple myself, and that was all. The miller. The miller was a bold chap, I must own. Big he was in brawn and big in bone, which stood him well, for everywhere he came, at wrestling he would have away the ram. That was the usual prize in country wrestling matches. 
He was short-shouldered, broad, a solid rock. There was no door, but he could not burst its lock or break it, running at it with his head. His beard, as any sow or fox, was red, and also broad, as if it were a spade. Upon the right tip of his nose he had a wart, and thereon stood a tuft of hair as red as the bristles of an old sow's ears. His nostrils, they were black, and they were wide. A sword and buckler bore he by his side. His mouth was big as is an oven door, a teller of dirty tales, a fool, what's more, who harped on sin and lewdness by and large. Well could he steal your corn and triple charge, and yet he had a thumb of gold by God. He wore a white coat and a blue hood. The bagpipes well could he blow and sound, 